your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We're going live on the Voice America Sports Network. As always, my co-host from the other coast, Coach B. You with me, Coach? What's up, baby? What's up? Man, not a whole lot, man. I'm in camp. Well, I shouldn't say not a whole lot. I got a lot going on, actually. But uh, I'm in camp, man. You know, we started two days a day. And uh, uh-huh. you might hear a lot of noise in the background, but that's coaches meeting. And so I broke away for an hour to get this, uh, you know, do the show. Other than that, what's going on with you? Not much, man. Sitting out here in D.C., you know how I am. There's this little humidity out here. Yeah. Humidity taking the temperature well over 100 degrees. Oh, that's People not People out too here bad, losing man. their mind. AC's going out. It's crazy out here, man. Oh, uh, it's not too bad out here, man. Out in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I'm actually in Mesa. I'm at the community. I'm at the college, Mesa Community College. But it's not too bad. I got a little breeze. I, st- I try to stay in the shade as much as I could, though. Other than that, man, that's, that's it. That's good. Uh, What's up? I ain't doing much over here, man. Just, you know, again, I'm just trying to get my little... Work done, get a little school done. Got my first two uh, grades in my first two classes, 3.84. 3.84? Where you fall asleep? Uh, 3.84. Oh, okay. <laughs> 3.84. That's good, man. That's good work, man. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I got a little A average going on right there. I'm trying to get it back up there, 4.0, just in this uh, next two classes. See what, oh, what's man. good. But, you know, man, I'm having fun, man. Just enjoying life. That's good, man. That's good. Hey, I'm going to um, pose a question to you and what you're thinking about it. Uh, you can answer it right now. You want to get into that right now. Um, but uh, here's the question. At, at all, do you win at all costs, whether that be football, uh, sports player, any athlete, coach, or program? And what I mean by that, do you do whatever it takes to win? Do you recruit a guy that you know who has – trouble or had trouble in high school, you believe in giving a guy a second chance, do you as a coach, do you pay these guys to, um, you know, come to your program so you can win? And I ask that because, you know, so many coaches, uh, they got to get in that top program. They have to be that, that elite football team, that elite university or that elite college. Or do you want to lead the lead in home runs? And when I say that, I mean, you know, in baseball, do you do, you do whatever it takes to win? And at what point does it become illegal? And we can, can start with the, we can start with the uh, college level uh, or the high school level, college level first. About that, so. What's that? Um, you know, again, I would want to think on that for a couple minutes, ponder that, because, you know, personally as a coach, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win, number one. So but that means I'm also gonna, If I'm going to recruit any knuckleheads, you know, I'm recruiting them on the aspect of me as being an ex-knucklehead probably, uh, or been, been out there, recruit them and try to bring them in as – as whatever it is they are, but teach them that there's a better way. And you have to be um, uh, cautious of who you're around, cautious of what you're doing. You never know who's looking at you. You never know who you may know you may be doing it to, and you might have to, you know, walk into an interview with somebody, and the person you just cursed in front of on the metro or on the bus or on the corner is the person you're interviewing with. So you're saying as a coach, if I'm hearing this correctly, as a coach, at all costs, you're trying to win. And that means you believe, I, you know, I believe you're giving a guy a second chance, but you're saying this guy had problems down the road. Uh, he may be done with his problem. Maybe he did it when he was uh, from college to the high school level. Maybe he did it when he was a freshman in 
high school and you haven't been in trouble since. Right. That's the guy you're getting a second chance. See, again, we all we all have done things in our life where no one walking this earth is perfect, one way yeah. or another. We've all have done things that we look back on right now as forty year old men and be like, Man, if I didn't do that, what would you know what I mean? But at all costs, I mean, I said, you're building a program. Certain programs are just not going to let you in. And I, and I, I don't want to name any names, but some schools just not going to let you in if you've been in trouble. Some schools, you know, we, people, when we, talk about, when we talk about the Raiders and guys getting in trouble in the, in the league, we talk about, oh, he's a thug or, you know, for lack of a better word, he's a troublemaker. He can go to the Raiders. I mean, some stuff, some schools and some teams are professional teams just have that stigma where uh, you think this guy belongs there. But I'm just saying, if a guy, I believe in giving someone a second chance. I believe in that. But after all that's going on, all we see on the offseason with different athletes in, in all sports, um, do we put our team at jeopardy or do we put our career or do we put our, our um, what word I'm looking for, our image in jeopardy um, or do we put other players who've worked hard in jeopardy winning national championship and we got one guy coming in because we knew he was uh, – we knew he did bad in high school. We knew he did bad things in college. But we looked the other way because the main thing is to win. And as a coach, you're telling me at all costs you win. But, again, you can also, when you recruit these guys, I mean, everybody deserves a second chance. I you know, agree with we, that. Okay, we all, everybody deserves a second chance. Second of all, you know, if you, somebody did something in high school, you know, or they did something in college that, you know, you just it wasn't favorable not only to you but the community and maybe the community that you're bringing them in at, Again, you have to lay these rules down, lay these laws down on them and let them know. You know, it's either put up or shut up. You don't do what you're supposed to do, you're gone. And I got to tell my guys, I say, I keep great, when I'm coaching, I keep Greyhound number programmed in my phone. I say, you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're on the next thing smoking, period, bottom line. All right, if you, if you want to call in, the number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four. 346 914 you want to call in, Time and you got a question to comment about this uh, subject we're talking about, and it, it is this: I believe you you check the history of the guy. If the guy has a history, and if I'm that coach and want to win at all costs, it's just I mean, I, of course I'm gonna bring him in if he has a bad rep. But you check the history of these guys, and that's why in the National Football League they spend millions of dollars. If they're gonna draft you in the first first round, if they're gonna draft you high. They spend millions and millions of dollars just researching on you, what kind of character uh, you, you have, what kind of guy you have. They even go as far as uh, asking your friends behind your back, who this guy. Your friends never know that this guy is really asking questions about you as, as far as uh, employment purposes. So uh, as, a, as a coach, and I, for example, there's a guy at the University of Michigan that, um, you know, he was selling drugs. He was doing cocaine. He, he, he was a bad rep, but the coach knew this. Uh, who's the coach? Ray, Rodriguez. Who's the coach? Rodriguez came from West Virginia. He's the coach over there. He knew this. He recruited the guy out of Florida. But all of a sudden, it catches up to him. So now to save face, he released the guy from the team, along with the other guys, just so it looks looks right. Not just so it looks right, but other guys were involved as well. But that's what I'm saying. At, 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 at what cause, at all cause, do you find a way to win by you know, overlooking some things, breaking rules? Because at Michigan... They've been there some down years, and Michigan known to be competing with Ohio State, or you know, that's not a rival. Michigan and Michigan State's not even a rival. Michigan look at Ohio State as a rival. So you, I've had guys on my team playing in the league from Ohio State, and all they talk about Michigan. They get a pen when they win. They get some a Buckeye pen, or they get these blue pants pens when they beat Michigan. So you know, do you look the other way as a, as a pros? 
as a professional athlete, do you take a certain enhancement to get over the top? And do you care if you uh, get caught? Like baseball now, they want this report come out. Just bring the report out. These guys are not going to get in trouble, so just bring it out. Right, basically, that's all. That's it. That is totally it. Just let it all come out. Let it all come out at one time. Why are you sitting there waiting, bringing stuff out here, trying to tease people and do this and do that? That doesn't make sense to me. But it's okay, though, for these guys. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm playing baseball, it's okay. Well, I'm going to take this. This is going to help my uh, power. This is going to help my uh, hand-eye coordination. And I, you know what? And I go back and forth. If it's, if it's the rules, it's rules. You break the rules. If if majority of the team is following these rules and uh, buying by these rules, then uh, I don't think a few guys should be able to break them. But I don't see uh, a enhancement drug helping you hit a curveball or helping you hit that fastball. It's just whenever you make contact, it goes a little further than normal. That's my opinion on that. Well, but is that, is that okay, I mean, though? Is that okay to do? So I don't know what enhancement drugs are going to do for it. So I don't know. I mean, I just feel that, you know, the drug situation, everything needs to be put out in one, at one time, get over with. So, so everybody can concentrate on the rest of the season. Because now you bring something out, you know, like right now i got a problem with uh, the kid from the Texas team. What's the name? Um, Josh Hamilton. Is that the linebacker? No, the, from Texas Rangers. Oh, okay, okay. The baseball oh, team. The guy who, you know, went to a little three-year crack and, and um, alcohol binge and came back last year and won the, the um, home run derby. What's your problem with that? The problem I have with it is what the media. The media, I understand there's you know addiction. I understand the word of addiction. I understand what addiction does to people, families, and communities. I understand that. But my thing is, is because this kid was addicted to drugs, to crack, or whatever it is, and alcohol, you know, just because he goes to a party, you know, that there's alcohol at, the media thinks that now he's he on a binge. Well, you know what? If you've been you know involved with that stuff and that stuff, that stuff has hampered your life and your career, why put yourself in a situation to even be at a party where there's alcohol? I'm not saying you should not be able to, after that point, you should not be able to go anywhere, but not don't put yourself in that situation. If you're if you're addicted to um, and and been in a situation where you know that has been a problem in your life, don't go to that party. Have a party at home. You, you're a professional baseball player. Have a party at home. Have a party at a non-alcoholic party. And there's again, some people who would the problem, the problem, more than more than the, the more than of, not. There's a lot of people that would enjoy that type of party. It was atmosphere. You get to play games. Uh, you played uh, Wii games. You play uh, those. Those games where you play on television, you played those games. That's a good yeah. party. But I'm not going to put myself in a situation and you're getting a second chance out of life to be at a party. The media, that's their job to do that, to find all the negative, all the bad part, and spin the story around, whether he's doing something or not. He may just be sitting in the corner um, enjoying a conversation with friends and stuff, but he's at the party with alcohol, and he sees the media see all the other athletes and whomever's at the party doing this stuff. So obviously he has to be doing it too since he had a problem with it. That's the whole point. I mean, again, so you, the kid's proposal is his life is no longer, he can't do anything worth fun for him. You know, he has to, to live, you know, just because he goes to a party does not mean he's participating in the party. You know what right, I mean? Now, I mean, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make sense to me to, to beat a guy down. And then he know, but he stands up on it. You know, he said, I made a mistake, yada, yada, yada. But again, it's a mistake that you go to a party. Is it a mistake that you had a beer or whatever? I understand that you're a recovering alcoholic. Um, again, I don't know addiction. I never had to deal with addiction personally. 
Well, you talking about drugs. I think everybody got some sort of addiction. Well, I, it may not be drugs. This drugs is not drugs. It's not addicting. You may be addicted. You addicted to coaching, fantasy football. You got an addiction. You can't. You think about it all the time. Right. So I'm not saying it doesn't have to be. Just because it's not labeled as a drug, an addiction could be a drug. I like to play golf. That's an addiction. Golf is my drug. That's my addiction. I like to play golf. Just because it's not a substance you put in your body or that enhances your ability, your thinking, your thought process, doesn't mean it's not a uh, drug per se. But uh, every, I think everybody, at some certain degree, has a addiction. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that. Okay. Well, you know what? And we're gonna come back. We're gonna finish up on this, and we'll move on, move a little forward to uh, something else. You listen to Quamalaza Sports Talk on the Voice America. Sports America Sports Network. We got Coach B, my co-host from the other coast. We'll be back in about two minutes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's Hot Topics. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Voice America Sports Network. You listen live to Kwame Lassen on Kwame Lassen Sports Talk with my co-host from the other coast, Coach B. Yo. We back live. We Look, this is what I want to uh, talk about. 
Uh, we won't talk about though. This right here, this uh, Tiger Woods. I was just uh, just got a text about this. Tiger Woods being fine. And what you what you think about that? Let me let me elaborate that on a little more. I'm thinking he's being fine for his comments of uh, the slow play that they, these guys uh, and criticizing the officials. Um, what you think about this guy? This guy's playing in the final group. He's Tiger Woods, and that counts for something. I know I don't do the favoritism thing, but come on. Tiger Woods is the reason why there's a certain uh, purse on the PGA Tour. It's, certain, it's the reason why all that money is generated for the PGA Tour. He made the game a lot uh, more profitable for those guys that's playing uh, around him. So uh, tell me what you're thinking about this. The comment was made that the officials – they told they stroke this is a slow group. I think there was twelve minutes and then maybe eighteen minutes behind. But these guys playing in the final group. I wanna know what what's the difference? What time what time why does the time matter if these guys get to the eighteenth hole and they go into the playoff, then what you gonna do with the time? I don't understand. Uh, first of all I don't understand you this guy here, golf. Golf is not a time sport. It's take your time, measure your shots. Get your feel and do whatever it is you do to get the best to make the best shot. Okay, now if you're going to find Tiger, you know for ripping the official officiating, right. I, can I, I can understand your thing about ripping the officiating, but again, this is golf. It's not like you know, basketball the NBA, or NFL, football or when the coaches, coaches does in baseball and you get fined or thrown out the game. But you're talking about a, a three to four shot swing, and you're also talking about a delicate shot. Uh, that Padraig Harrington had. It's a flop shot, a lob shot on a green side. You, that's a shot that takes skills. You know, everybody don't, you just don't get to a point where you can just line up and hit that shot. Not even Tiger. Tiger will have to take his time and assess the situation, assess where he wants to place the ball. But these guys have been warned, and they get, if they get warned, and then they, they still playing slow, what happens next? is they stroke these guys. They give these guys a penalty stroke, or they, they find these guys. But they find for making a comment, which I think is crazy. Uh, I don't even think a name was said. So you don't even know who told these guys to pick it up or you guys are playing way behind pace. We don't even know who that guy was, but we they find them for just even bringing up the subject on it. That's the whole point. But, like, you know, they say they're 17 minutes behind. You're the last people to tee off on Sunday. Right. So who cares if you're 17 minutes behind? First of it all, takes four and a half you hours give... to do an 18-hole golf course in the majors, also. Okay, so what's the point? The point of it is, is they just got mad because Tiger said he didn't think it was fair. He thought it would have been a better battle. Maybe Patty wouldn't have had a three-shot bogey. And a, and, and they don't want on, on that hole. And you're right. You know what? That's a good point because the officials don't want to think they're taking a part in Padraig or uh, Harrington losing, the, losing that round. But when you put a lot of pressure on that guy, um, and granted, they, these guys who's in his final group, they can deal with pressure. One, you're playing with Tiger Woods, that's pressure enough. Um, also in that same category, Tiger Woods is the number one player in the world, has been for a long time. Padraig Harrington has three majors within a year. Um, I want to say within 15 months. That's huge, man. You're talking about the number one player in the world and a guy who has three majors uh, consistently um, at a rapid pace, and you're going to rush these guys to play? You can't find Tiger Woods enough. See, Tiger Woods, this is probably why he don't show up to a lot of things because 
you can't control this guy on what he's going to show up for tournaments. But you can't find him enough, man. You can't go out there and say these guys in the last group. And I agree with you. You're in the last group. I'm not saying play a five-hour round, but, you know, you you should take your time on some shots. You won't, you're not going to hit a perfect shot every time. So you may have to walk in the uh, in the rough sometime, walk behind a tree and concentrate on getting that shot out. You don't want to lose a shot or lose a game around because a referee or well, official says you need to pick up the pace. And then again, we don't even know who this official is. So I think the PGA just want to control uh, what these players say, just like the NFL, NBA, baseball, want to control what these players say and do. Um, and all they're really telling these guys is just go play your field, go play your sport, and lead officiating us. But you ask these guys to learn all the rules in this sport. So I, I got a problem with that. So I don't know what, what other opinion you have on it. I just don't I don't understand it. But I, can, I, I don't understand why would you – if number one, I don't understand why you're um, going to put a time on the last two people. Last two pairings on on a tournament. Why do they Why do they have a time limit? What you think they would do if these guys were tired after eighteen holes and they have to go into a playoff? There's extra time right there. So what's the problem? What they don't want to do is spend more money, or in their case, they feel it's wasting more money uh, buying sponsors and showing more commercial, buying more air and TV time because you're just not buying. It may be over in a. On the first hole of the playoff, unless it was an eighteen-hole playoff, but it might be a three-hole playoff. Mm-hmm. But it, but they got to buy that extra time, so I think that might be the problem. And you know, in, at any time it comes down to money. So and where else would you find somebody? You get more money for them. You're trying to control them. I don't see anything. When I saw the interview, I was more, I was more, um, I was more applauding uh, Target for bringing it up for um, stepping to the plate for Padraig. Padraig also did his job and said, you know, he felt like he had to hit a shot that he wasn't prepared to hit. Now, he was prepared to hit the shot, but not when they wanted him to hit that delicate flop shot. He was deep in the rough um, on a pin high. So those shots take time. Those shots take a uh, – that's a certain touch to those kind of shots. Yeah, it does. I, I just, you know, again, I play the game, you play the game. Being rushed will just irritate me, and I'll probably cut somebody out. Just just me. You probably cuss somebody out. You know, yeah. cussing somebody out in golf, it's supposed to be a gentleman's game, uh, some type of etiquette. You can't even, you know, they even fret. As Tiger got older in this sport, Tiger started cussing. You can almost hear him cussing sometimes on mm-hmm. TV. Yes. And, and you never used to hear that before. But also his dad was alive also. So you might be the respect thing there. But, you know, guys are just, they had a high level, uh, playing at a high level. So their their intensity is there, their focus is there. They hit a bad shot, you know, the whole through whole way through. They get on Sunday, they trying to hit all perfect shots. If there's a such thing as that, and there's not, but they trying to hit all shots to put them in position to make that next shot count. And uh, you can hear Tiger cursing. And why I say that about the cursing because now they find you for the etiquette. It's not, it's not a, it's not etiquette. It's not a good, it's not a good look or good hair for the sport. But, you know, guys do it all the time. You play golf. Uh, you've been around guys. It's pretty good to play golf, and it's still, they still curse. It's more so it has to do with them than the sport itself. They just expect themselves to hit a good shot. Mm-hmm, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, yeah. again, it's the simple fact of it's a, you're an athlete, and when you're an athlete, uh, you take everything to the hilt. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, everything is taken seriously. We don't play around. You know, 
we we just all about us. You know what I mean? Trying to make whatever it is we're doing, we're trying to be the best at it. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Tiger, like you said, you can watch his mouth when he's sometimes when he has a bash off the tee, yeah. his eyes go in the air, the club falls behind his back, and you can pretty much read his lips. Yeah, you well, know, that, you know, that's all control. That. The guy's intensity, the high level, that's that, man. But tell me what you think about this. I'm going to change the subject on you. What you think about Beanie Wells injured already, sitting out of camp? Now, we mentioned this before, and, and you like the guy, and, and you, you, you also said yourself, why didn't I bring it up before? But uh, it does not so much to do with him, but so much the research and drafting this guy. You can look at Beanie Wells or Chris Wells, if you will, look at his college career, and you'll say the guy has only missed three games. He missed three games because uh, of injury, but he played not to get hurt in football. He's a running back. He didn't play, play with that burst and that power that he came into college with. It only happened uh, more so when scouts came in, and he went to one of the top universities in the country, but scouts come in. The scouts are always, always at the, the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he played not to get hurt. It's not like he played at a high level or full, or full pace. So what you think about this guy being hurt? Not just this guy, guys that, who sit out and they come back and they don't come to camp in shape. As soon as they get in camp, they're sitting on the sideline injured. Well, that bothers me. My thing is you have – And I say you know, Beanie Wells because I, this guy is uh, – you know what, uh, the Cardinals had the 30th, 30th pick and um, they needed a running back, didn't have a run game, so it made sense to take him. But there were some running backs earlier, you know, you could trade up to get. Right. I just think that, you know, it's uh, it's a situation. Injuries are injuries are out there. Injuries are out there. Yesterday, Steve Smith goes down in Carolina, shoulder injury, gets carted off. Um, does that hurt his fantasy stats? Does it hurt the team? Yes, it does. So, you know, it's just injuries happen. Injuries are something that's part of the game. But my problem is, is you know, did he same injury that he had in in Ohio State, same injury that everybody. He had in workouts and, and, and at the um, combine, it's the same injury. What is he not doing to take care of that ankle? Uh, you know what? I don't think these guys even have a desire. Once you give these guys, these younger guys, uh, let's go with a ten million. These pro- projected first round guys, you get them ten million. Where's the desire to play in the National Football League coming out of college? What what kind of passion do you have for football anymore? You're giving these guys a certain amount of money who's never played a down in the league, never played against a a uh, number one defense in the league, never played against a number one corner or number one linebacker, never been in a two-a-day camp, but you pay these guys more than you would pay a guy who's been playing five years in the league but been playing special teams and been playing backing up on whatever position you have, offense or defense. And you still can't give this guy a contract, but you can give a guy $30 million off his uh, college career, off his uh, potential. Potential, well, that's, that's a match that have not been lit yet. If I never have to use you, you won't catch fire. That's it, basically. I mean, I mean again, it's, you know, again, but that's everybody, though. Everybody in NFL, when you get drafted, it's all about what they think you're going to do in the National Football League. That's why you get paid the money you get paid. You know, nothing is guaranteed until what? You're yeah, you five years play. in the league. You mean you put up, when you put up, like, let's say Ben Roethlisberger. Ben was a, what, second quarterback, third quarterback picked in that draft. And by well, far the best You know what, we'll come, come back with that. We're going to finish off on that. I got a little, we got, both of us got problems with that. 
We'll be do back that, in two minutes that. on the Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. Coach B, my co-host from the other coast. Don't forget to call in, 888-346-9144. Holla. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Voice America Sports Network. You're live with Coach B, my co-host from another coast. This is Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. The number is 1-888-346-9144. If you want to call in, you got a question to comment about what we're talking about. We left off talking about uh, Beanie Wells. Not just not so much Beanie Wells, but uh, college guys coming in with potential, making um, – and you know what? It's not the college guys, I would say. It's the system itself to pay these guys his money, and you got a lot of guys that flop. You look at a guy like uh, Tony Mandridge, look like a guy Ryan Leaf. Uh, these guys don't pan out, but you pay these guys his first money. At what point do you start doing your research and say, we have to make a salary cap for this uh, this rookie poll, this rookie group coming in? You have guys in the lead already, veteran guys, and I say three to five plus years that you won't pay this way. You're trying your hardest not to pay these guys. And I don't fault these guys. Trust me when I say this. If you can get $35 million, get it, because they're going to use you at every cost, uh, every penny of that $35 million. But uh, at what cost do you set, a, you set a rookie cap to pay these guys? You know, I think it's – I don't think nobody – I mean, again, I just think, you know, a three-year contract, you know, maybe 3 to $4 million a year for each kid. I mean, that's what they go to college for. They work their butts off in college, get the grades. They should be the rewarded. Huh? They should be rewarded. I go ahead. I'm with you. I'm yeah. on the line with you. I feel you right there. Know, it, should, it should be a three-year deal, first three-year deal. And after that, either they put up or shut up. If they don't produce, then they get something else. It, I, yeah, I think a coach, I, I want to say it was uh, the big tuna. I want to say it was um, 
that he said he wouldn't pay, or it might have been Mike Dicker. I'm not sure. Don't call me on that. But one of the big-time coaches, Super Bowl coaches, said I wouldn't pay these guys that money until they prove they can play in the National Football League. In college, man, you have you have about five guys. You go to a big university, you might have you might have about six guys on your team that can play ball, uh, and you and you can make that work. But when you get to the National Football League, the higher you go, the more guys that are on that team that can play at a high level. The National Football League, you got about you even got about nine to eleven guys that's thorough. They can go out there and get the job done, or know how they know how to play in a system. A lot of times, I think teams and scouts go look at guys for their team, but they find them from another system. They don't find them and they don't bring them. They try to change them over. You go scout guys that can play in the system that you're playing already at the next level. So that way they can come in and perform. That way you have a, uh, you can get your money's worth out this guy. You can get a, uh, and it's not so much about the one. It's, it's all about winning. But you get these guys and you pay these high salary and they never pan out. So, and you, you got to do your research on this. At what point are you going to start doing your research saying these guys uh, need a uh, need a pool. I agree with you. Let's do a three year. I think basketball does this. Let's do a three year, three or four million, something like that. And, yeah. uh, and you know, you and that's the, just the reward for coming out of college for you know putting all your work in college. That's the reward. I can't see you coming out of college uh, throwing that throwing that uh, deep out route and you got thirty five million dollars. Corners, even a second year guy is going to pick that off and take it down the sideline. True. True. But I, I think that yeah, I think the number is outrageous. And again, and I say that at the same time, saying this: if you can get that money, get it. Get go and set yourself up, set your life up, set your, set your family up. But if you can get that money, get it. And it's not the players; the problem is well. I think it's the system. How do you, how they um, bring these guys in? True. That is so true. And so you you, you you bring them in. Okay, let's let's go right there home with you, Matt Liner. Okay. Um. Now, the first couple of years Matt was in, in in the league, he hasn't had he didn't really hasn't had the consistency. Now he has a little consistency with the new coach a couple of years ago, and now if he does if and when Kurt Warner actually leaves the team and retires, right? Um, then he um then if Matt doesn't do well, then that's Matt Matt Lionel's problem because they put Matt now in a position where he can be successful. Right, but you know what? So, Matt's been here for five years. Coach, he's been here for five years, hasn't played a full season yet. Matt had he had his chances to start. And you know what? I don't think he took advantage of his opportunity. Now, he's a young guy. Now, let me say this also. He went to USC. So he might have took a pay cut anyway coming here. Who knows? You know, you had the controversial <laughs> Reggie Bush and the rest of those guys getting paid while he's in college. He went to USC, so he was already in somewhat of a, a pro-style offense. But at what point his mental – is it able to catch up from the college level to the professional level? He's been here five seasons and not started uh, a full not, – not, I wouldn't say started, but we haven't played 16 games yet. Uh, and I think that's a problem right there. You draft a guy in the first round. I think he was a 10th pick. He was upset he went number 10. I thought you right. got him at 15. I think you can get him at 15. If I'm a coach, I'm never drafting a left-handed quarterback. Nothing against him. I just know how my, I want my offense to run. Uh, you know, I, I might be missing out on a left-handed quarterback. I'm, I might be missing out on Jim, but in my offense, I'm not. Ju- I'm not drafting a left-handed quarterback. But when does he start picking up his mental c- capacity and and take advantage of all the knowledge that a Kurt Warner, a Super Bowl MVP, a Lee MVP, 
when when do you find out and sit down with this guy and ask this guy or just study this guy and find out what it's going to take to play at a high level in the National Football League and not just be on the field but to win some games? You just got to, you know, again, he's going to, you know, he's going to have to be put in a situation where he can go out there and, you know, he's not going to come in and do what uh, Joe Flacco did last year, what Matt Ryan did last year. Because at the point in time when y'all drafted that kid, you know, you didn't have all the things in place. Yeah, you had Larry Fitzgerald, you had Antoine Bolden, but you didn't have the coaching staff like you have now. You didn't have – and that, that's a big key, and you know that, Kwon. The right coaching staff is a, has a lot to do with being successful or not. Uh, you know what? He had Todd Haley. Todd Haley got a head coach job at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I, I thought so he, he had – Has he had Todd Haley the whole five years? No. He had um, – he had um, Todd. No, no, no. He had Todd Haley for about three years. The last three years. But then he's been also, Kurt Warner's been there. And, you know, Kurt Warner over Matt Liner, I don't care. I want Kurt Warner. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to win football games. I'm taking Kurt Warner. I'm taking the guy who's going to give me the same production, uh, winning production on the field. I don't like that roller coaster, that inconsistency. I don't want you to look like you got a, you're a deer with uh, headlights in shining in your face right. and you freeze when you play. He hasn't seen everything a defense can throw it to him in the heat of a battle. He might have seen it in practice, but it's not the same thing on Sunday. It's not the same thing in away games. You're away in someone else's stadium, and you hear that noise capacity. Can you think of that? I've, uh, I know you've got to play with a calm mind, whether you're the quarterback, whether you're the free safety corner. You play with a quiet mind. You go out there, and it's just – I know personally, Coach, I didn't hear any noise on the field until the play was over. And that and that's just uh I think you focus a lot better. It comes from week of practice, studying the fam, tendencies down the distance. You get so tunnel vision into that that you don't even hear anything. When I come out of the huddle, I'm doing a lot of talking, but I don't even know I did all that. I just know what I'm supposed to do. But until a playover, I don't. That's when I hear a lot of noise. It's almost like a loud yelling in my ear. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know guys like that. We 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 were talking about my line. You get guys out there, and you pay them these uh, salaries, but they haven't produced on the field yet. And it shouldn't take five years for a quarterback. And you mentioned Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco came in. I thought Matt had a good, just as good a situation as he did. But he didn't have the number one defense or the number two or three defense in the league to back him up and put him on field where he had more opportunities to make plays like Flacco. Now, granted that the uh, Arizona Cardinals defense is pretty good. I like what they what they're doing now and what they have done for the past two or three years. But he had Anquan Bolden. He had Larry Fitzgerald. He um, he had Edgen James that they didn't even use uh, correctly. They brought a tight end um, that he can get the ball to. I just didn't think he took advantage of the opportunity. And all the while, he's out in the media doing uh, things that, you know, he should, I wouldn't say he shouldn't be doing. He's he doing things. You can do those things, but do those things as an adult. Know who your friends are. The same situation with Michael Vick. If you're going to have parties and pool parties and jacuzzi parties, don't have any underage girls there. True. Don't have I'm your friends to monitor the door. You can have jacuzzi parties. Who cares? But how does that get in your house? How do you have that many people in your house and you don't know who's in there and they got camera phones and they taking pictures and stuff like that? A lot of things come with that, man. You got you got to check these guys' character. You got to go out and uh, – See what these guys done. Now he was at USC. It's Party Central. Matt Liner, in my opinion, still in Hollywood. He still think he's uh, at USC. He still think he's in that limelight. Certain things you got to take care of when you become to the National Football League, and that's your job. Learn your position. Learn what you're supposed to do. 
Go out there and, and work hard, man. Just get on the field. As hard as you work on the field, you got to do that classroom work, too. You got to learn from the veterans that's around you, uh, in my opinion, and that's how you get better. First, you come in, you humble yourself. That's only that you can learn a lot quicker once you humble yourself. You come in willing to learn, wanting to learn, going out there and going through it. You're going to make mistakes. You make those mistakes full speed. You, you can overcome a lot of things. True. That is so true. And, again, it's all about going, if you're going to make mistakes, like you said a second ago, make them going full speed. I'd rather have someone make a mistake going full speed, giving all 100%, than to make some get, make, get upset with somebody half-assing it. That bothers me. All right. I just think they need to do their, um, do their research on who they – you know who they pay on these guys? It should be a rookie pool. Rookie pool. You know, again, and all that it's stuff. hard to say to do. You know, give you got to do research because you know the guys put up, put up. You know, you can go back. Curtis Ennis, Curtis Ennis, running back, Penn State. Penn State. You know, go to Chicago, shifts to bed. You know, Kajana Carter, Cincinnati, shifts to bed. Uh, uh, what's the other cat name that went to Chicago before Curtis Ennis? Uh, Rashawn Salam. Rashawn Salam from Colorado. I mean, yeah, I mean, these guys put up numbers in college. I mean, they put up numbers in college and just couldn't do it you know in the league. I, I think uh, skill positions, man, I, I a lot of skill positions, uh, like running backs. You run in between the tackles. You should be able to do that. Unless you've got a scat bat that you can play action with and get into the flat. But as a running back, you should be able to run between the tackles. You should be able to run off the tackle. So I don't think there's a system needed for that. If anything becomes a problem at that point, I think it's the offensive line. But I think if it, if I'm a scout, I'm not going to go scout a guy who's a he's a, a four three defensive uh, linebacker, outside linebacker that can't play in my three four defense. I'm going to scout according to what I need. Right. I think I think everybody made a big noise when Houston uh, drafted uh, my guy. What's the guy the first round they drafted three years ago? Oh, the, the running back. I mean the, line, the lineman. The, yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah he's, I can't um, remember his name, but I got you. Yeah, he's um. We got to think of the name. Um, but he was a he led the lead in smacks, uh, sacks, but didn't get yeah. to the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. because he's in a certain situation where they don't get TV pub. And we can get another story with that. With the Pro Pro Bowl is all politics and fanfare. But you draft these guys according to how you gonna build your team and how you, and who fits into your team. Not that this guy went to Ohio State, uh, Michigan, or went to USC went to Kansas. You don't draft them guys because they went to these schools, Florida State, the big schools. You draft these guys according to do they fit in your system. Right. And a lot of teams try to save face and say, well, why you didn't get this guy? Because everybody sees this guy on TV. This guy made about five plays on TV, and I'm talking about five plays because he's been on TV five times, not a total of 25 plays. So everybody thinks it's good. But they don't see this guy who's not on TV that consistently make plays week in, week out. So now his draft ratings go up. Mario Williams is the right guy we're talking Mario about. Mario Williams, good job on that, Coach. Mario uh, Williams, yeah, you he, take this guy's just, numbers you know, out, I don't think a lot of people have better numbers than him. So we're going to take a break, Coach. We're going to come back in two minutes. This is Kwame Lassie Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. we got my co-host, Coach B, from the other coast. We'll be back in two minutes. School to the pros, we, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
Ohio and Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports We back on the Voice America Sports Network. We go on to the last segment. The number is 888-346-9144. And in some areas of the country, 44. Yeah, I'm glad you said uh I'm glad you said that uh but uh <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's not what? the same, but it's still good. And I'm I'm not in the studio. I'm in uh Mesa, I'm at the community college. I'm in camp, Coach B, he's still uh, on the East Coast, D.C., Virginia. But I'm in the coach's office right now answering the phone, so you know I don't have my coffee. Oh, man, and, and everybody knows that, that he has to have his coffee. I need to get a little bit. I mean, well, Ray, 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 I, Ray, I thought Ray was going to drop out here, but, you know, I guess he, he – Ray, Ray is a busy man, man. He's trying to make things happen. He don't move he like Tom Jones. He's trying to make things happen, man. And nothing wrong with that. So, so you tell me, let's, let's talk about a little bit about your guys, man. What's going on out there in Mason? What's going on with your with your with your, your team, your players, your DB? Man, let me say this: we need to get some film. Film don't work. We uh, we got, I got some guys. My DB's pretty good. We got a we got our hands on a few balls. Uh, footballs. Uh, let me say that for the people listening. We got our hands on a couple of interceptions today, but uh, you know what? The guys are still scrambling around. Not my. I got a my first two units are solid. My three is not bad, but I got it's again first day of camp, so I got about. Thirty-five guys, man. That one. Gotcha. I gotta get, I gotta get them some rep because I'm, Let I'm letting some guys that. go today, and it's just and, and nothing against them, man. But I, you know, it's it's cut time. We got to move on. We got a game in. We got practice. We got a scrimmage next week. We got a game in. Got a game in three weeks. Our first right. game against uh, Scottsdale Community College. So well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Coach. Um, on 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 when you're out there looking at your guys, do do you? Um, do you have them worrying about trying to pick the ball off, or you rather get them? You rather them get PBUs? 
No, and then when you're going with this question, see, you like PBUs. I want you to take the ball the other way. That's a momentum change. You take the ball, you get that, that drains the offense. So now when the offense come back out, they're in panic mode, hopefully in our defense. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, uh, being here, this offense here has put up 35 points on the average last year. And it's on the average, but let me say also they finished 3-7. and seven. But right. the thing about that, no one was playing defense. I, I really, really believe I got some guys who's going to lock uh, opponents down this year, and they're going to play in this game. I got, I got about four corners. Uh, four corners. I mean, in this conference, man, it's like almost like a running shoe. Everybody has three to four receivers from Queens and Kings personnel. They got the receivers out there, so I feel comfortable putting guys out there that's you know not starting. I would say just because you're not starting the first unit doesn't mean you're not a starter. It's just I got so many guys. I got to play. You know, I'm playing the guys I feel comfortable with. But I got some uh, groups out there. I'd rather get interceptions because it changes the momentum of the game. It it puts a downer on the offense. So now they come out and they try to do something special. They get out of their comfortability, and now they might make another mistake. So PBUs are good. PBUs gives the offense another chance to come out and make another play. Interception, send them to the sideline, put our offense on the field. We control the we control the clock, we control the ball, we score, and you control and that's and you know football itself is field position, so that's all we want to do: field position and time. Well, yeah, my you know my thoughts on the PBUs is the more the more opportunity you give a quarterback or offense to make a mistake, more likely they are going to make a mistake. Right. And when they get when the offense gets down, you know you it gets down in third and long, second and long. Those are the times where you know. Either you know those are the times where if you attack the ball too quick, you can bump the receiver a little bit, and you're gonna get a few and give him a first down because the rest will say pi. Right. But if you can go in there and just knock the ball down and make them make another mistake, especially if you game planned all week and you hit, and your coaches did a very good job game planning, putting the receivers, putting the DBs, putting the linebackers, putting everybody in position to be successful and to make plays. A PBU to me overshadows the interception. Interception, I'm- great, great momentum. Um, me, I like my interceptions from like the 35-yard line into the end zone as a defense. My back to the end zone, that's when I want to pick the ball off. Because mm. no, For me, now again, again, my field is totally smaller than your field, uh-huh. half the size of your field. So for me, it's a 10-yard, 10 to 15-yard in. That middle, so you're that, saying you don't want at, at no calls except for what you said at 35 yards in. If if a team come out on the first play and throw a ball, you rather your guy knock it down? No, I mean, if he can pick it, he can pick it. Don't get me wrong. If you can pick it, pick it. But to me, a PBU is more attractive than an interception. Simple fact, because, and again, you're totally wrong. Coach, you're crazy. I know what you're thinking in your head right now. Yeah, yeah. Interception is great. Interception gives your offense a chance to get back on the field, take the ball, go down and score. Okay. I just feel that personally that I like the offense to make as many mistakes as possible. Let them don't let them get in the rhythm. Just let them. I'm, I'm a defensive guy, uh-huh. so I'd rather beat your offense up. And the more times I get to beat them up, the happier I am. The more my offense is sitting on the field, the longer my offense, one or two extra plays, is sitting on the sideline regrouping and getting ready. Then my defense is out there handling business because me personally, my front seven enables my front, my back four to do their thing. Well, yeah, you, you know. I, I... I hear you, but I, you know, I teach these guys. Um, I teach my defensive back. I say, "Hey, you got to go out there and make plays. It's not a wait for the ball and all that. It's an attack. It ain't a, it's attacking defense. You just don't sit and wait for the offense to dictate what you're going to do. So you go out there and make these plays. You get aggressive with them the whole time. I teach them you got to be combative, competitive, competitive, uh, aggressive at the same time, smart. Um, 
at the same time, noted down in this situation, like my corners, man. I want my corners to lock guys up. I don't care where you are on the field. My strong state, I want you aggressive as like a linebacker, but I want you to be able to cover like my corners. And then what I mean by that, you cover your fullback, you cover your running back, you cover the tight end. I want you to be able to lock that guy up, and I'll find that guy. If I got a guy who can do uh, three out of three of those things, he's a player. A guy who do two out of three, I'll find a place for you on special team, but I want you to be able to do that. I'm not saying you're not a player, but what I'm looking for from that strong safety is those things, those qualities. I want my safety, free safety, smart. I want him to gotcha. be the quarterback of my team. Now, granted, the linebacker get in, but I've all, from the free safety spot, I've always called the plays, always made the adjustments. If they move on offense, I made the adjustments. Linebackers look back and look, see what I'm going to call, or they hear me to call. When you got a team that's aggressive and, and understands the defense, I tell these guys, don't just learn corner. Learn what the linebackers do because they part of pass coverage in third down. Right. Don't just learn as a linebacker. Uh, learn what the D-line do because they part of your gap responsibility. So that's learn so the whole cool. defense, and you'll find out where your happy is on, on different defense call, defensive calls. But don't rely on the help. Always understand that. Don't rely on the help to be always be there neither. Yeah, I mean, that's what I tell my corners. I say you man to man, pretty much. You even man to man in our zone. Don't don't look for the help. But if you learn the defense, you know at times you might find a, a short robber. You might find that free safety help. You can't count that. See the other cor- the other receiver on the other side might have occupied the free safety help. So you play like you don't have any help. That is so true. That I tell so these true. guys right now. I say you come out in practice. If you walk, start walking back to the locker room. You come out here and make the same mistakes over and over, start walking to the locker room. Well, I'll be on the next thing smoking. It can be on, yeah, I ain't got, man, you can't, some stuff are easy, some stuff is hard. Don't gotcha. keep making mistakes on the easy stuff. Definitely understand that. I, don't, I understand where you're going with that, too. Yeah, man, don't keep making mistakes, because now you're telling me you don't get it, you can't get it, now I need you in the fourth quarter, I know you're not going to get it, and you're going to kill us. And now, yeah. I tell these guys, before I get fired, I'm going to get you released up out of here. That's the word. That's how. That's, that's why I used to tell my guys, "Hey, you acting up, you'll be on the next thing smoking." Yeah. No questions asked. Exactly. Uh, let me let me switch something real quick. What I live, probably got like two minutes. You know, they be cutting our time short. Yeah, I know. Look, hockey. Who you? What you got? What you think about this uh, momentum? I think this is a whole momentum changer in baseball. The Yankees and the Red Sox. Oh yeah, that now the Yankees now the Red Sox walked in on I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, eight <laughs> zero this season against the Yankees. Yeah. And two, two series they play, they don't beat the bejesus out of the Yankees. And they go into Yankee Stadium over the weekend and get spanked. And, the, all and, you know, and the, thing, the beautiful thing about it is the big boys and the Yankees are coming alive right now in the season in August. And this is when they need to start rolling. You know what I mean? CC is doing his thing. Andy Pettit doing his thing. You know, October his is thing. the October is when you so, get ready. Oh, they cut me out. But, yeah, it, it, it's a great momentum change, and I tell you this. It's going to be off the chain the rest of the way in baseball. All right, well, keep your eye on the Yankees and the, uh, the Red Sox, and we'll see what happens. This is Quam Last on Quam Last Sports Talk. Coach B, what you got? I just That's it. Everybody be safe. You know, if you're visiting Phoenix, check out the uh, Castell Camelback Resort. They got mad love for you. Well, we'll see about that. We'll talk about them another time. Hey, I'll be in the studio next week, hopefully, man. I think we're in camp for three weeks. So I'll see you guys. Thanks for joining us. Coach B, I'll hit you up later. Peace. Be safe. Holla.
Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.